in a culture of instant gratification. Now, it's not really our fault. It's really the reality of the development of technology. We have gotten so used to getting what we want when we want it, right? I mean, I may be lying on the sofa, and I decide I'm hungry. So I get, pull out my phone that's sitting next to me, and I order some pizza. And I have that pizza delivered. Now, I do have to get off the sofa and go all the way to the front door and get it and come back to my, to my sofa. But, and I had to wait like 25 to 30 minutes. But we're about instant gratification. Think about what the world was like 100 years ago. I mean, if you wanted, today, if we want a hamburger, we can just zip out to In-N-Out Burger. Back then, you had to kill a cow. And you had to cut it all up into little meat patties. Friends, here's the reality. We live in a season and a time and an era of instant gratification. And we've lost the ability to wait. We don't like waiting. I, one of my daughters, Kay, uh, Amy, was, uh, was a child who really didn't like to wait. She wanted everything now. And she's not like that today, but back then, remember she was about 12 or 13, and it was Christmas was coming, and she didn't want to wait to find out what she was getting for Christmas. Have any of you ever done that before? So what she did was she searched to find her gifts. She found them in the trunk of my car. She grabbed her little sister, who was innocent of all of this, had no idea that her big sister was going to drag her to the car and show her the gifts that she was getting too. And I remember Amy, after Christmas, coming clean and being so sad. She said, Daddy, I don't like knowing what I'm getting before I open the gift. She never did it again. Instant gratification. We don't like to wait. Advent as we begin this Sunday, is about waiting, isn't it? It's about waiting as we prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus. It's about waiting as we wait for the return of Jesus. You see, Advent isn't just about the first coming of Jesus. It's about preparing for the second coming of Jesus as well. The word Advent literally means a coming. And it's a word that's actually found in the Greek in our passage that we're looking at today. Now, it means the same thing as Advent, but it's a word, parousia, which means the coming, the coming of Jesus. Have you ever thought about the fact that the reality is that you and I are waiting much like the people before the birth of Jesus? Before Jesus came into the world, the nation was waiting they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for him to come. In the same way, we are waiting for the return of Jesus. We are living in a very similar reality. We want Jesus to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly is the way the Bible ends. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly was the word. They didn't say Jesus, but they said the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Come, God, come quickly. We are saying the same today. Come, Lord Jesus, 
come quickly. I want to read to you this quote that came from a scholar that I've been thinking a lot about. Listen to what it says. The season of Advent means there is something on the horizon, the likes of which we have never seen before. Now, wasn't that true for those before Jesus was born? There was something on the horizon, and they knew it. They didn't understand all that it meant, but they knew there was something on the horizon that was more than they had ever even dreamed of. And they were waiting for the coming of Jesus. We wait for the return of Jesus. What is possible is not to see it, to miss it, to turn just as it brushes past you. So the author says, so stay, sit, linger, tarry, ponder, wait, behold, wonder. There will be enough time for running, for rushing, for worrying, for pushing, but for now, stay, wait, something is on the horizon. What is Advent about? It's about the coming of Jesus and the return of Jesus. It's about making room in our hearts for the King that came and still comes by the Holy Spirit. It's making room in our hearts and our lives for Jesus to indeed be Lord and King over our lives. But it's also, it's also pondering and thinking and waiting for that King to return. It's wondering and looking honestly at our lives and asking the question, am I ready for Jesus to return? Would I be ready if he came today? Am I ready and awake for the king that will come physically again? So Advent is both and. Now I want to take you back to the time before Jesus came into the world. It had been 400 years that they called the 400 years of silence. From the perspective of the nation, from the perspective of the people, God had grown silent. For 400 years, a prophet from God had not come to the nation, had not come to the people. Malachi was the last prophet who had spoken for God. And now there was silence. 400 years. Think with me about how long 400 years is. We've been a nation for um, just in a couple of years, it'll be 250 years. Think about that. Another 150 years on top of that, the nation had been waiting for God to speak. The nation had been waiting for God to appear. But God was silent. They were living as slaves to the Roman Empire. They were vassals of, the, of Rome. They were powerless to change their circumstances. Essentially, they were living as slaves to the Roman Empire. Where was God in the midst of it? Did he not, does he not know our situation? Does he not care? Has he forgotten the promise that he made to us? Has he forgotten his covenant that he made with us as a nation? We live in many similar ways in that 400 years. Now, God spoke through John the Baptist and God, we live in a better time because God continues to speak to us today through the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
God speaks through his word. God speaks through his community. He speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through nature. God speaks to his people, always in a way that is consistent with his precious word. God speaks. So we are not living in that reality, but we are living in the reality that our world is not as it should be. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly is our cry. Come, Lord Jesus, come, return. Set all things right, God, please, please come. And so we are living in a very similar way to the way the people were living as they waited the first coming of Jesus. That is Advent. Advent means a coming. Advent is preparation for the coming of Jesus as we make room in our hearts and we ponder what it means that God came to us in the person of Jesus, what it means that Jesus was willing to step out of heaven and into our skin to live the life we could never live, to serve us, to love us, to die for us. We ponder that reality, and we ponder, oh, Lord Jesus, am I ready for your return? That's what the passage that Matt read to us is all about. It's about the return of Jesus. And he doesn't get into the nitty-gritty of all the signs and what we're supposed to be looking for and all of that. He simply says, will you be ready? Will you be prepared? And so as we look at this, I want you to see three things from this passage that from my perspective are incredibly, incredibly powerful. When Jesus came, the promises of the Old Testament that had been pointing to the first coming of the Messiah, they had all been fulfilled, all of them. There were also, in the Old Testament as well as you know in the New Testament, Many, many teachings about the return of Jesus. We will see all of that fulfilled one day. It is yet to be fulfilled. It is yet to be fulfilled. And so we wait like the people before the birth of Jesus waited. And so friends, I want Jesus to come today. But he says wait. Because when I come, my timing will be perfect. And when Jesus came into the world... The timing was perfect. There's something called Pax Romana. It's a Latin phrase that means the Roman peace. Because God sent his son into the world when he did, the gospel was able to spread because the Roman Empire had made it so that traveling along roads, traveling between countries was safe and was easy. So that when Jesus came and he died and the Holy Spirit came upon the early church, the early church was able to scatter to the very corners of the Roman Empire and to proclaim the good news of Jesus just a generation before that wouldn't have happened. God's timing was perfect. And the timing of his return will be perfect, although not in our timing. And so here's three things that I want you to see here this morning that come from this passage. And here's the first one. As we hurry up and wait. Don't you love that? I always love that phrase. The first one is this. Be watchful. Be watchful. 
So this is literally what the passage says. But watch, Jesus says. But watch. What is he asking us to do? What does it mean to watch? Well, that's what he teaches us here in the next verses. We see in verses 36 to 42, we read these words. And as I read the passage, what I want to do is just kind of help you to see what Jesus is talking about. He says, but about that day or hour, talking about his coming back again, about that day and about that hour, no one knows. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Only the Father knew when Jesus would be coming back again. Now, as you know, I'm not one to focus in on all the intricacies of the return of Jesus and all the things that have to happen, and, and looking at calendars, and trying to figure all that out. It is interesting. It's incredibly uh, fun to do. I get it, and many of you might be involved in that. That's great. But there's a deeper meaning to all of this, which Jesus talks about in this passage. That is, watch and be prepared. That's the, that's the key. That's what we need to do. Throughout history, people have believed that in their generation, Jesus was coming back again. You talk about fulfillment of a lot of the signs, you look at World War II. People were convinced that Hitler, Adolf Hitler, was the Antichrist. He was destroying Jews, he destroyed the German Christian church. Surely Jesus was coming back then. And he didn't in a very large church in the community I grew up in, in Costa Mesa, there was a church that actually was teaching a certain date in, 19, I believe it was 1983, I can't remember exactly the date, 1981, 1978, something like that, and was saying that Jesus was coming back on a really a specific year. The year came and it went. No one knows, no one knows. Now, we have signs that Jesus teaches. He says, look for these signs, but nobody knows the hour or the day. And then he says this. He gives us two illustrations of how we are to live, to be watchful. Listen to what he says. As was in the day of no days of Noah. Well, we know about Noah, right? We know about Noah. Noah listened to God, heard from God. God's judgment was coming upon the people who lived at that time. Noah listened to God, and before it had ever rained, he built an ark. I mean, can you imagine the questions the neighbors had? What in the world are you doing? But he was watchful. He was walking with God. He was listening to God. And the Lord spoke to him. And so Noah builds the ark. The other people weren't listening. Listen to what happens. He says, as it, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The people were paying no attention. They were living life, and they missed it. They weren't watching. They weren't watching for what God was going to be doing. They weren't watching for what God was doing. And so they were caught off guard. And now, 
Jesus talks about two very common pictures. Now, some people will use a second one to say this is the rapture. That's not what the passage is teaching. The teaching is, is about watching and being prepared. That's what the passage is about. Not being caught off guard by the coming judgment. Listen to what happens. Two, two men will be in the field. Very normal, be like marrying and just doing life. One will be taken and the other left. Now that's often people who, who teach on the rapture will point to that. It's not what the passage is teaching. Verse 41, two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. The point is the suddenness of the coming of Jesus. That's the point. The point is it will happen when we least expect it. The point is we, we're, we're not living in preparation in this waiting time. We're not living in preparation for the return of the Messiah. That's the point that Jesus is making. He says, therefore, keep watch. That's the point of those analogies. Those pictures he paints, all is summed up in verse 42. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will return will come. You don't know the day of the advent when Jesus will come again. You don't know. I don't know. But what I do is I watch. What I do is I keep my eyes and my ears open for what God is wanting to do in my life and through my life. I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want to be unprepared. One of the great pictures for me is this picture Oh, well, I love what Martin Luther said. Christ designed that the day of his coming should be hid from us, that being in suspense, waiting, we might be, as it were, upon the watch. Now, what is the watch? The watch was the person that, the military person, that would stand at the, on the walls, and they would be watching at night. They would be protecting. They would be watching and be aware of what's happening around them. Spiritually, are we aware of what's happening around us? Are our eyes open to what God is doing? Are our eyes open to what, how God is wanting to use us? I love this picture of Simeon. As I was doing this, I was thinking about Simeon. Simeon, uh, we read about him in Luke 2. Jesus has just been born. They bring him to Jerusalem he's uh, for the dedication and listen to what it says now there was in Jerusalem there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout watching prepared listen to what happens he was waiting for the consolation of Israel what that means is he was waiting for the Messiah he was waiting for the advent and the Holy Spirit was on him which was rare before Jesus came and the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon all who believed. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He was watching. Moved by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, watching, listening to God, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required. 
Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Speaking of Jesus, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Amen. Isn't that a great picture? What an incredible picture. So I was thinking about this. This Christmas... What does it mean to watch? What does it mean to watch? I want to suggest two things. The first is for the first Advent, because Christmas is this ad season of Advent is a preparation for the birth of Jesus, which has already happened, obviously. So what are we doing? We are opening our hearts to Jesus. And we're entering into the story of his birth and life. And so, here's my challenge to you. What if you began reading the gospel this Advent season and just daily read about the life of Jesus? What does his life mean for you? What has it meant for you? What is... Jesus saying to you through his word this Christmas season? How is he moving in your life? How does he want you to live more faithfully in light of what he has already done for you in the first advent? But also, what about the second advent? What does it mean to watch and be prepared for the coming of the Messiah again? The second coming of Jesus, when all that we understand of the world will change forever. That leads us to the second point, and that is preparation. Preparation. Be prepared. Be prepared. We read this in verses 43 and 44. We get another picture. But understand this, Jesus said, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, so, you also must be ready. We are watchful, we are prepared, we are ready. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. I love this picture. You see, watching is different than preparing. I, had, uh, I have a, Beth and I have two dogs. One of them is a golden retriever puppy named Gus. And Gus is about eight months old. Gus is very good at watching, not so good at preparation. So if a thief came into my, our home, Gus would probably wag his tail, come over and lick him, and start showing him around the house all, where all the good stuff is. Now, Sophie's a different story. Sophie uh, would probably latch on, because she watches and is prepared, she would latch on to the thief's thigh and would drive him out of the house. Watch preparation. Be prepared. Be prepared. If you knew a thief was coming to your house tonight, and you knew that beforehand, chances are you would do something about it, right? You would be prepared. 
You would make sure the doors were locked. You would make sure that there's no way to break into your home because you know that the person's coming tonight. What is Jesus talking about? He's saying if you knew that Jesus was coming back today or tomorrow or next week, if you knew that in advance, you would be ready. You would be prepared. But because we don't know, because we don't know, we're not prepared, many of us. What does it mean to be prepared? I love this. Live as though Jesus is coming back today. Plan as though he is not coming back for 100 years. Live as though Jesus was coming back today. If you knew Jesus was coming back today, how would your life be different? Probably we would live less for ourselves. We'd live more for Jesus. Probably we'd be less concerned about that scratch on our car and more concerned about the salvation of our neighbors. It would change the way we pray. It would change the way we invest our time. It would change the way we invest our energy. I live, I want to live as though Jesus is coming back today, but I want to plan as though he's not coming back for 100 years. Because I don't know when he's coming back, and you don't know when he's coming back, and nobody in this world today knows when he's coming back. The angels don't even know. Live as though Jesus is coming back today. Plan as though he's coming back in 100 years. What does that mean for Advent? I was thinking about this. One of the things that I'm thinking about and as I celebrate Christmas Day, the coming of Jesus, the first Advent, as I celebrate that, I was thinking about something that we haven't done for a few years, but we used to do every year as a family. And that is we would cut out a heart. And remember doing this? And we would, we would um, give the heart to everybody on Christmas Day who was with us. And what everybody would do is they would look at their lives and they would say, where can I give more of my heart to Jesus in this next year? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an area of brokenness in my life. Maybe it's an area of an addiction. Maybe, maybe it's, I want to be less about me and more about Jesus this year. It's giving to Jesus, the greatest gift we could give to him, ourselves. What do you give the person who created the universe for Christmas? You give him yourself. What if this Christmas you gave him, as part of Advent, more of yourself, more of who you are, more of your life? Then what we do is we would fold this, and after the stockings were empty, our stockings were empty, it goes into our stocking, so that the next year when we hang the stockings, that gift of our heart that we gave to Jesus the year before 
is still in the stocking. And we pull it out and we can ask ourselves, how did I do this year in this area of my life? Another thing, as we think about, and there's many, many other things that you can do, but when we think about the coming of the advent of Jesus, we think about his coming back again. So Advent is not just about the first coming of Jesus, it's also about the second coming of Jesus. In fact, historically, the church, when it celebrated Advent, the church spends two weeks in fasting and prayer in preparation for the return of Jesus. Why did they do that? Because they were looking at their lives and they were asking themselves this important question. Have I gotten derailed? Have I been distracted? Have I forgotten what's important? And, and so I'm reminded Jesus is coming back again. The advent of Jesus, he's going to return. Am I ready? Am I prepared? And so by fasting and prayer, which is the opposite of what we tend to do, I don't know about you, but during this season of the year, I can't shovel the food in fast enough. But what if we backed away and we said, okay, am I living as if Jesus were coming back today and planning as if Jesus wasn't coming back for 100 years? How would I live my life differently? Which brings us to the last point this morning, and that is be faithful. Be faithful. This is how we wait. Jesus ends with this. Wow, I tell you, you lay your life against this passage, and it's challenging. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Who is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. What's Jesus saying? Well, this was a common picture. Uh, People who owned lots of land and had servants or slaves, what they would do is they would travel somewhere and they would leave a servant in charge. The question is, would the servant be faithful with the charge that they were given? Here's the question. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing, being faithful when he returns, right? Make sense? Truly I tell you, Jesus says, whenever Jesus says truly, you know the key, something big is coming. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, hey, my master's been gone for a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. Oh, he's not coming back. I got lots of time. He's been gone a long time. He's not coming back. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour when he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and judgment comes. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that to be prepared is to be faithful to the charge that we have been given. Friends, listen to this. Jesus, before he left, this is what he said. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Will we be faithful with the charge that Jesus has given to us by his authority? Will we be found faithful as a church, faithful as individuals, 
Yes, we have done what Jesus has asked us to do. So if he comes back today, we can say, yes, Jesus, I was faithful to what you, the charge you left me with. A second charge we were given is to love. To love our neighbor as ourselves. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Will we be found faithful that we have loved well? You know where it starts? It starts in your home. It continues with those people that are just hard to love. We are to love and to live as Jesus called us to love and to live. Will I be faithful? Will I be faithful? Will I be found faithful when Jesus returns? See, we're in that season of waiting, and it's easy for us to say, you know what? Wow, it has been a very long time. It's been 2,000 years. Oh, he's not coming back in my lifetime. It's been 2,000 years. He's not coming back for a long time. So let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's live for ourselves. Jesus says, I will come back when you least expect it. I want to close with this story. Some of you will remember that back in 2004, there was a huge tsunami um, wave, tidal wave that hit Sri Lanka. 40,000 people lost their lives. Wow, think about that. 40,000 people lost their lives. Houses, thousands and thousands of houses were completely destroyed. What was interesting was just a couple, as time went on and the reconstruction of that nation began, it came out, that, and many people had seen this, that a day or two before the tsunami hit, wildlife was leaving the coastline and was going to high country. Here was the sign of what was coming, and nobody noticed why it was significant. Nobody noticed why it was important. Here this, this sign that as the wildlife who were watching prepared themselves by going to high ground, we didn't notice, people didn't notice, 40,000 people lost their lives. Friends, I would say that we miss a lot. I miss a lot. There's a lot of things I don't see, a lot of things I don't notice. And this was such a wake-up call for me this week as I prepared this. What does it mean for me to live as if Jesus is coming back today and to plan as if he's coming back in 100 years? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this reminder to us today, Jesus, that you are coming back. We just don't know when. And Lord, may we be found faithful. May we be found like the good steward of the house that was taking good care and being thoughtful and faithful to the charge that they had been given. Lord, may we be found faithful to the charge that you have given to us as a church, as individuals. And Lord, I pray in this Christmas season, it will be unlike any Christmas season we've ever had before. Because instead of 
just getting caught up in all the busyness of the season. We do the season differently. We still get the gifts. We still set up the decorations. We still gather with people. But we do it with this thought in mind. I want to live as if Jesus were coming back today. And I want to plan as if you were coming back in 100 years. Bless your people. Expand our hearts to make more room for King Jesus in our lives. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.